and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of My Life in Games with Silas and Sage. And in this episode, special guest, Weezer. Weezer. So, Weezer, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, everybody. Weezer. Or on Twitter, Game with Weezer, whichever one you want. Um, you know, playing Division. Uh, most people probably know me uh, either from... Uh, the stupid stuff I post on Twitter, or uh, moderating the uh, the division, the official division channel. Even though I don't get to do it as much as I used to, um, ETF Bravo member that helped work on um, update 1.6 for the division. Um, just a little bit of everything in gaming, hanging out, playing with my buddy Sage, doing all the things, whatever. Uh, but yeah, he's kind of a big deal, Thanks. ladies and gentlemen. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Ham it up. Game Come on. Weezer, I want to hear AKA it. Go all out. Yeah. But it's true. Like he, he downplays it so much, but uh, I, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today, man. I know, I know we game and pal around all the time, but you, you undercut yourself so much. We, it's, it's we, great to have you we, 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 kind way back. Of, we kind of hit on the same spot because me and you did the first green room, a podcast with the DZR community uh, when you had just started streaming uh, I was trying to get into it, and we met um, because we were both guests on that show, the same episode. For Dark Zone Report. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, Dark Zone Report. I don't know if that was their first episode. may have been. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of how we met. And I've uh, been gaming and loving this guy ever since. Podcasting. So I was excited to – absolutely. Shows. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Met See, up at Disney, had a hug, an, and a, a real embrace. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was an embrace. <laughs> It was a man brace. It was it was a very manly emotional embrace. <laughs> Silas is losing it. So the problem with podcasting is you can't see Silas' face. Right. <laughs> you see his expressions. They're wonderful. <laughs> I think it's jealousy. There was not a, like a three way man hug. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm good. I'm not I'm not I'm not into the touchy feels. So. <laughs> oh man. Oh, well. Okay. That's okay. Weez, Weez and I, we have each other. We'll be all right. We'll be Absolutely. All right. But yeah, man, it's really good that you were able to come on, um, uh, considering, you know, it's... How long have we been trying to do a podcast together on My Life in Games? For probably five episodes now, I think. Yeah, a few. There's been a lot of things going on, you know, you and, and the hurricane. Yeah. And, and life gets in the way sometimes. So, you know, anytime, uh, anytime I can jump on and talk games or just life in general. Uh, I jumped at the chance. So I was excited to come on. Well, no, go ahead, Silas. I was just going to say, uh, no, I'm definitely excited to to have you here just because, uh, you know, I've heard a lot. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't really seen your streams due to the fact that I pretty much spent most of my life at work. I barely get the chance to jump in on Sage's streams. Um, but at some point, I definitely want to as far as, far as that goes. But uh, uh, no, it's, it's cool to have you here. It's always good to uh, meet new people. I know uh, I've kind of been dominating our, our guest list with everybody from my gaming clan. So it's nice to have somebody that, that is more on uh, Sage's end of, end of the spectrum here. So we definitely need to get some uh, some more of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's good when we can, when we can uh, line up different guests and, and talk and, and everything. So anyway, uh, let's uh, get this underway. Uh, what's everybody been kind of playing? What's, what's new? Uh, I'll start first, I guess, on this. Uh, for me, nothing new, really. Uh, just stuff I'm still looking forward to. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles for Nintendo Switch is still my number one thing that I'm going for. December 1st is going to be a good day. Sadly, I'll probably be at work, um, and I couldn't get any extra time off in December. 
because I just didn't want to, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm still going to get plenty of game time in one way or another, and it's going to be a lot of streaming. Uh, before that, though, of course, is uh, Battlefront 2, which I'm very much looking forward to, not just for the single-player campaign, but being able to uh, to play it uh, with Sage, do some some co-op death and destruction, and hopefully not too much of my own death, considering I'm terrible at FPSs anymore, but yeah. Well, the, the, the <laughs> multiplayer, I did get to see some of the videos for the, the PvP, and it looks great, but it's got that, that smooth, you know, battlefront feel to it, so... You know, that's more tactical to me. I don't, it's not like Call of Duty where everything is speed is of the essence. You know, did either of you play yeah. the beta for Battlefront 2? No, nope. <laughs> I wanted to. I, I, I played I about four hours. About I played about four hours of the beta. I, I didn't mind it. It felt very much like the original one. So I didn't play any of the, um, the flight, uh, doing any of the, the flying missions. But, but the, that's know, part of what I'm looking forward to. The multiplayer didn't feel terrible. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people are upset over some of the other things and the loot rate, that kind of whole, you know, debate. But as far as the gameplay, it, it felt pretty smooth. I enjoyed it. The gra- graphically, it was beautiful. So, looking forward to it. In sure. storyline. Absolutely. In storyline. Any any Star Wars you know, fan that, just, you know, is going to enjoy it. So, looking forward just to that. Yeah, that's by far and away the the biggest thing I think uh, Silas and I have been excited about too is the is the storyline. Have we talked about Battlefront every episode for like the past three? Because I feel like we have. Battlefront yeah. is a big deal yeah, right we've now. We've at least mentioned it at least at least in a couple of sentences, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to, I'll talk. Come again, on, EA. Really they need that. About... Yeah, they they need that endorsement. Come on, sponsor them. <laughs> yeah, Battlefront Two. They won't sponsor me. My 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 stream gets a little little too adult. There's Uh-oh. a reason there's a there's an adult check before. Keeps it real. <laughs> Mature stream. Uh, Dark it's gonna be good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think for for me, I've been playing a lot of Division, but we'll talk more a little a little later about. The other game that has been occupying the past 45 hours of my time so far <laughs> with no end in sight, Assassin's Creed Origins. It's a phenomenal game. Um, so that's that's been it. I've, I've been neglecting my Elder Scrolls Online time. Even with their special loot drops that are happening right now, I haven't even logged in to get my loot drops. It is all Assassin's Creed all the time. When I'm not playing Division, it's Assassin's Creed. It's phenomenal. So... Weez, how about you, man? Uh, yeah, a lot of the same. You know, still playing a lot of the division. You know, they got got a, a special thing going on right now with the uh, with the loot drops, double loot drops that's going on right now, right, Sage? I think, or is that build yep. proficiency caches? Yeah, caches. Um, yeah. But besides that, playing a lot of Fortnite. I've started to try uh, with Sage's suggestion. He suggested it, um, and I've started uh, doing some uh, Fortnite Friday streams with my son. He is 11. Um, he is somehow like a a a savant at Battlefront Royale uh, or or Fortnite uh, Battle Royale that is and has gotten several solo victories and makes me look like absolute trash so it's fun to uh, <laughs> it's fun to get into duos with him um, he finally got his own PS4 uh, after bugging me for years uh, and I told people uh, that he could play a PS4 when he finally got enough money to get his own so we finally did that and now he bugs me constantly about playing Fortnite. So 
it's a good thing to have, and I, I kind of incorporated it into the stream, and it's been fun so far. So, uh, playing a lot of that. Um, like you said, Division, PUBG sprinkled in here and there, and looking forward to games coming out soon. Oh, you were playing a little Diablo not too long ago, too. Yeah, we've still we been played, on a, somewhat yeah, of a Diablo we, 3 kick. We'd, yeah, we we'd leveled up our characters on Diablo, and I jump on there occasionally and do the hardcore seasonal stuff. Um, have you, have you have lost the team that we made together yet? No, no, he's at like 26 right now. Uh, he, he hasn't oh, died nice. yet, so he's still going. So, uh, but I, I don't I don't play too long, and I don't venture too far out to get dangerously close to seeing him die. So I'm not really taking any chances with him until we get our our Remy on that just destroys the game completely. We get our buddy Remy on, and uh, and I'll just hide behind him. What my plan we need is. Remy. Yeah, absolutely. He is a he is a master demon slayer. Beast mode. <clears throat> he's yeah. sharp as it's through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I am interested, though, that not one of us said or mentioned one of the, uh, I'll say it, arguably the most popular game right now outside of PUBG and Fortnite would probably be this resurgence of community around Warframe. Can we talk mm. about this, guys? Have mm. you seen the Warframe okay. craze cropping up? I have. Um, I, I played it when it originally was free on PS4. Um, and this was before, uh, when, when exactly did that come out? I can't remember, but this was pre before I got into the division. I was not a looter shooter gamer at all, strictly just sports games. And I saw it and I tried it out. You know, I liked some PVP as far as like Call of Duty and Battlefront and Battlefield, those kind of games. And I tried Warframe and it wasn't really my kind of game, more of the, you know, sci-fi futuristic kind of like Destiny in a way. I don't really relate to those games as much as I relate to something real, you know, whatever, like in parentheses, real, like The Division is. Um, so I enjoyed it, and I I, di I stepped away from it. And then um, once I got to gaming on PC, I tried it again on uh, PC and uh, have enjoyed it. It's beautiful it. on PC. It, it absolutely, <laughs> it's beautiful on PC. Um, but uh, I, I really hadn't gotten over that. I haven't put enough time into it, I guess is what I'm trying to say, to understand all the ins and outs of what's going on, um, like I've done with The Division, you know, obviously. Knowing that one because I put so much time into it, I just need to put the time into Warframe. But yeah, the resurgence of, you know, well-known streamers that we all know, skill up, people like that that have really pushed this Warframe and have kind of, you know, like you said, gave it a re uh, resurgence where it's back on, you know, up in the tops of, of Twitch streams and a lot of people streaming it and getting a lot of a lot of views. It's it's interesting to see for sure. Yeah, and the the views that people are getting are huge. By the Absolutely. way, Absolutely. I had some questions around that, but uh, Silas, mm -hmm. what about you? You and I played Warframe a little bit together. It's actually you that introduced Warframe to me. But have you noticed this in some of your stream time? Have you seen some of the Warframe streams right now? Uh, I've I've seen that, that that there's been uh that there's been quite a few more. I haven't actually went in and watched them. Um, I've been meaning to because I haven't touched Warframe in in quite some time. I, um, I've played on PC and uh, I've also played on PS4 um for a while, and then I played on PC again. And then now I'm just I haven't touched it in a long time. Um, it's one of them games that um I come back to and end up playing for a while when I've got people to play with. And then when people start doing other things or new games come out, I, I leave it alone for a while. And then of course eventually here we are. Probably going to come back to it for a little while. Um, and, and, and it's a lot of fun, and, it's, and every time I come back to it, there's all these, these wonderful um, improvements, and I feel like Warframe is probably one of the 
better examples of a good setup on a free-to-play game. You, um, yes, of course, there's microtransactions as much as we all hate those, um, but it's nothing you can't do on your own if you put in some time and it's not uh, pay-to-win. At least I don't feel like it is even for um, the little bit that I play. I had fun with it and uh, you know I was able to do things without too much of a of an issue. I had some. That's interesting that you that you say that. I, I've I've heard the division community raving about Warframe, and um, we like I said we played it a little bit too. And I relate with Wii's in the sense uh, that I didn't relate with the universe. I, I kind of feel about Warframe that I do about division or not division Destiny's uh, universe, the space magic universe. It's really cool, but it doesn't exactly resonate with me like what I would consider a truly traditional style of fantasy game like Lord of the Rings or, you know, World of Warcraft or something like that. If you're going to do it, like go full bore. But Mecca is always a weird subject for me. Yeah, it just depends on how it's implemented, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it, everybody's been really enjoying it. And I've been seeing some some really big stream numbers as well. And I had some questions around that streamers that had started you know, around the same time as me and after, and just huge, huge 1,200 viewers at a time. You know, they've got five or six. Are you talking about where people that got... I would normally see at like a 60 average go from 60 to 8,000 the next day? Because I, I, I've literally, I literally have seen that with people that I know that went from streaming, you know, streaming games that we've talked about where they're at 50 to 60 views on average, you know, lower and higher basically within the next day go to streaming warframe and hitting eight eight and a half thousand views and have hit that um, i have friends that are streaming it right now the same people that are hitting six thousand seven thousand views like yeah, yeah. i i, I get the concern i get i get and and i don't right? i don't know i don't know if if that's a thing but i had um, I didn't research it enough because, like I said, I wasn't. I'm not, I'm not big into Warframe, and when I see those kind of things, you know, you start having people people bringing up the questions of: Are they view botting? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? I had seen um, some comments, I guess, where Twitch had Twitch had kind of basically not really sponsored. I don't know what the right word is. The Warframe community to where for whatever per hour that you were in a streamer's stream, you would get loot drops within the game, kind of incentivizing yeah. people to go mm -hmm. and watch people that were streaming um, Warframe, which is fine. You know, Twitch is free to do whatever well, they want to whatever the community. But when I would look at the names lists, the first 300 would be just these random, uh, you know, whatever, but it would be these random ass numbers like viewer... One three nine six four B two eight. Mm -hmm. I was like, who makes their Twitch account this name? Like, are these is Star Wars for real? Do we have do we have droids in here watching? Like, what is this? Basically, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Since the uh, the the reward system is based on how much time you watch a a, a stream, so mm -hmm. people are creating dummy Twitch accounts, and mm -hmm. uh, and reaping the rewards of taking advantage of the system. Now, in a way, this works to their advantage, right? But Silas, go ahead. Go ahead before we go too oh, far. I was going to say, but but how long is it going to be before Twitch catches onto people and starts swinging ban hammers around mm. in 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 massive quantities, which Twitch has been known to do in the past, just all of a sudden do mass bans and pretty much clean up the 
<laughs> the shit, as it were. And, you know, and then, you know, when they find out, you know, they see all these matching IPs, people just pretty much doing all these accounts from the same IPs or, you know, some people are a little bit smarter about it. But even still, and they figure out who's they belong to, and then they ban your master account, and that sucks. Yeah, especially if you're a streamer or a content creator who's who's uh, reliant yeah. on those views and subscriptions, mm. getting a ban like that is, is not bueno. But in a way... <clears throat> When I first heard that in, in chat on stream, somebody had informed me that that was what was going on. I was able to confirm it after the fact. Um, but when they told me that, I said, man, is that is that um, working as intended? Like, that's not at all what they intended to do. And the response was, that's exactly what it was intended to do. And, and I, I'm seeing it from their perspective is... Uh, before Twitch is going to take time to drop ban hammers, they're going to take time to identify all these people mm -hmm. and finally get it fixed. Uh, but in the meantime, what's top of the list for viewership? Yeah, I, I guarantee you it's Warframe. Warframe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if not very close, you know, with PUBG. So, is it working as intended to bring back viewership and and playing to Warframe? Is this a is this a tactic that we appreciate as gamers now that we know what what that is? Do we question their integrity in making that decision? Like, is that the way that you want to draw people to your game? I'm looking at them now, and Do they're you think sitting that was in nineteenth. They're sitting in nineteenth right now, and I've seen them as high as fourth. Um, and how old I is think this that game? Was, uh, a few years, right? Two thousand. Well, it, it was. It, it was. It, it came out before the PlayStation Four. Yeah. That's okay. pretty originally on PC. That's pretty so good for an old game. It's. It's, it's <laughs> been around for a while. What what's what's the incentive for doing this would be my question. I don't know. Um, yeah. Did, did they genuinely know that that wasn't going to happen? I think that's what's everybody on everybody's mind. Did Judging Twitch by the know response, that that wasn't going like, to happen? No, oh come on. Yeah, I think I think for sure they knew. Like you, when you're talking about banning these, when you're talking about banning these dummy accounts. Like when you incentivize people to go and do something. Don't be surprised when they find ulterior motives to go behind you and create those dummy accounts to reap those benefits. That's gamers in yep. general are going to do that. I mean, if it wasn't for, for for example, with the if division, it, if, if, if it's allowed within the system, it's not cheating. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> like that's what I was going to say. Within the division, there have been ex exploits within the division, and if it wasn't for me being, you know whatever quote-unquote ingrained within the community i would have done it without a doubt as a gamer i would have exploited it the only reason i didn't do it is because i didn't want it to come back on me you know trying to build a repertoire within the community and the developers but in other games i've done it for sure if it's in well, there you and you're able to do it absolutely you have an, a sense of justice and integrity inside, though, too. Like, don't undersell it. There's opportunities when we could have done that for as much time as we play Division. Absolutely. And yeah. and we don't, you know, regardless of the comeuppance. I'm not going to I'm not going to do. I hate people that do that. I hate it when they mm -hmm. grief you, you know, and use use uh, glitches inside the game intentionally against you. Like, that's awful. Speaking of the last game, I know that had a pretty big glitch would have been uh, the original Destiny. Not too long after it came out and everyone was doing, you know, the loot cave farming and the shit kept respawning and you just kept murdering. And that, <laughs> it just, and that wasn't boom. the only one. Right? And after a while, you know, yeah, the, the rare drops have a percentage rate. Yeah, you keep getting a lot of, you know, regular stuff, but eventually you're going to get rare drops. So you can just sit there and just go to town and 
people just sit there and farm rare shit just sitting there at one spot for hours at a time which yeah it's a glitch and yeah you can do it um but in that particular game it's like okay i'm gonna get bored i'm just standing one spot shooting in a fucking hole right well that's a good point no. though the, the, where is the line so the, to me, loot caving you know, is much different than what we're what we're talking about here. Although it is taking advantage of a glitch inside the game, yeah. it doesn't hurt anybody else. I think in a PvP situation, where you're using like um, wall glitching, you remember Division Weezer had uh, mm -hmm. smart cover, um, mm -hmm. or going into cover glitching, and then being able to be invisible basically as you're walking around right. through the map. Right. <clears throat> Those kinds of things where it's affecting other people and sportsmanship think mm -hmm. bands are completely that's where the integrity comes into it and i the the only thing that i can say to that the the only way it's kind of difference and an integrity thing kind of comes into it is being a sports gamer my background um playing a ton of uh the competitive leagues of nhl for example um when you're playing sports games where you're pvping against another team you're talking about a team of six playing another human team of six there are glitches within the game there are there are shots that you can take that no matter what happens, especially if there is a, uh, especially if there is a computer goalie. We'll say no human goalies, but computer goalies. But there, there are certain things that you can do to where no matter what the other team does, if you hit it correctly, it's going to go in the net every time. And that's where the sportsmanship integrity comes in because it's like if if you don't do it, they're going to do it to you, and you're going to lose to their wanting to cheat wanting to glitch so if you don't adapt to that and become that person you don't want to be you don't want to glitch you want to play with integrity you want to beat them straight up but if you don't so let's swing it back to around to the do that. now i think that's an excellent point let's swing it back to the warframe situation and, and kind of imply that with mm -hmm. what is happening with the promotion with warframe right now is that is that hurting other streamers We'll call it a PvP principle, but is it affecting other streamers negatively and their ability to ingest uh, viewers and get follows and get subscriptions? I mean, is, there, is it affecting them in a bad way or are they literally just working the system like it's a loot cave? It is, is it affecting them and their, their numbers and their ability to put food on the table is my question. I, what do you guys think? More information probably <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing the, the, the people that are doing that obviously play warframe so it's because you want the the extra stuff from it to get for warframe now whether or not that's affecting how often do you think that that person who's playing warframe is going to watch streams outside of warframe and is it affecting you know are they going to now you know go do this and go set up the extra accounts and, and have all these going instead of watching someone else's stream maybe it's it's really hard hard to say you know what else that person might have been doing instead of that. But again, if they weren't pushing the incentivized thing to watch the Warframe stream, they might be watching someone else's stream. So it's you know, or would they have just stayed with Warframe? Hard to say. I don't know. That's 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 a tough call right there. Yeah. <laughs> Weez. Yeah, uh, I agree. Like I, I've I've seen there are several people that I watch regularly that I have never seen stream Warframe at all. And once this became a thing, you you would mm. not believe how quickly they jumped on the Warframe train. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, short term, they're they're looking for viewers and follows and all that, and that's fine. Um, short, uh, long term, I, I, you know, I'd, 
if I was if I was giving advice and and I'm not a streamer or big streamer at all, but if I was giving advice on how I would want to do something, I would want to do it like Sage. I would want to build a community that knows me, that I know, that I connect with. Uh, when you have when you go from a stream of 60 people to 8,500, um, I wouldn't even know how to react to that. First of all, if I was used to streaming to a small group and it grew gradually, that's one thing. But going from 60 to almost 10,000. Uh, I don't know if I would be ready for that. And then how many of those people are going to stick around to even care about what you're streaming afterwards? Uh, yeah, you could be setting or set up like bots, basically. Yeah, you could be set up for some yeah. real emotional disappointment when you get really used to a week or so of streaming for some really big groups. And then you go back down to your 60 and you're back to kind of square one where your stream was at and you're doing that slow grind and you think, man, I was living it up for a week, and now I'm right back where I was. What did I really gain from this? So that's that's kind of my fear for those streamers that are pulling some big numbers. It's not going to last, unfortunately. I hope it does for them. I you know I hope it I hope they hit it off, but I just I don't see it with the incentive you know with it being incentivized. I just I can't see it sticking around. You may be able to get right. some quality follows, but uh, it's not the way yeah. you want to build your community. Absolutely, at all. You that's don't want exactly to fill up. Yeah with a with a bunch of fake accounts I, you you nailed it that's exactly what i was thinking yeah. too that's uh you you are going to be a reflection of your community and there's no shortcut in building mm -hmm. that community and having the right people there that have your best interests in mind too is really an extension of you and um <clears throat> it's great having numbers it's great having views mm -hmm. and seeing uh the subscriptions go up and all of that but if they're all people that that truly don't support you and they're you know I'll just, I'll put it in a very millennial way. They're mean to you, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, today I had to time somebody out and then I gave them the chance. They came back with another account. It was obviously still them and they kept on and I had to block them. Like I give everybody a chance, but you don't want to fill your chat with those kinds of, of, of situations, you know? Yeah. So you're, you're going to yeah. dictate yourself. We talked a little bit about that on the, on the last episode, I think Silas. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree with you um, about the community building and everything. Um, and as far as the incentivized and all that stuff, it kind of relates back to things that a lot of people still do. Uh, but in the earlier days, especially when um, consoles first started direct streaming to like Twitch and everything, a lot of people started doing giveaways to boost their numbers. Um, and while that can be good, um, my personal thing is with, with give, giveaways and, and I've done it in the past, <laughs> especially when I first started streaming. Um, yeah, yeah, you can definitely get, get some great number boost and get some viewers. But then after that, everybody bolts and maybe out of those large numbers, you, you keep maybe 1% maybe stay. And you're out shipping. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah, there you go. Or whatever it is you you were doing, and then you can also like I had an experience because I did it several different times. I tried different things. Um, you know, people claiming claiming it's rigged, getting pissed off, and then you know you get all this hate backlash and stuff, and it's just it's aggravating. So I have a tendency not to do giveaways, or if I do, um, I generally do it just for um, the long term followers and things like that. I'll do something smaller or whatever. Um, and that's why I haven't done one in a long time, <laughs> just because it has a bad habit of attracting what you don't want. Well, this is a this is a great segue into our next subject, which is uh, generally our stream updates time. So, um, what are some of your preferred on this subject? What are your preferred ways of kind of building that community outside of that? Because I tend to agree with you. It 
giveaways attract the wrong kind of crowd. And honestly, I don't like the way I'm perceived with that. If, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not that yeah. desperate for your attention that I'm going to give you stuff just for the opportunity of you coming in and hitting me with the follow. Like I, I'm not trying to buy you. I'm trying to provide an environment that you enjoy too. Right. And, you know, and with that, um, you know, there, everybody has a different way of doing things. I'm not, not I'm not saying all giveaways are bad for some people. It, it can work. It just, again, it depends on how you approach it and what you're doing. But a lot of times when, when you just sit there and say, okay, I'm going to give them away free codes for such and such game and, and you're just throwing stuff out there and, and you put it in your stream title and you do all this stuff on Twitter and Facebook and, and, and whatever. It brings a lot of, it's just, I don't, I don't like what happens. That's that's me personally. I'd rather do something small, uh, maybe do something where I say, hey guys, you know what, a lot of you have been here and, and I'll see, you know, whoever's in my stream, like, you know what, I'm going to give something away. You know, we're going to do this little giveaway, you know, and everybody's happy and, and it, it's more closed, knit, I guess, in that regard if I'm going to do something like that or I find something else I can do that's that's similar to um, uh Similar to a giveaway, but <clears throat> not quite maybe necessarily a physical. I don't try to stick with, stick with like digital things and, and stuff like that. That's easy enough. You just send somebody a code or, or whatever the case may be. Or maybe you do something special for them on stream or whatever it happens to be that you want to come up with. Um, it's actually something I've kind of working on for down the road when I get some free time and I'm not working a ton. <laughs> uh, but aside from that, um, you know, without going into <clears throat> like giveaway stuff, that's part of the reason I work on um, when I spent my time on Mixer and I had all the interactive stuff. That was really cool, and then I figured out a way to kind of make it work for Twitch when I came back to Twitch, and that's one of the things that I like doing it because people like using those the little different interactive things and everything, and it's a back and forth, and to me, I feel that's a, a good way to grow your community without being cheap, mm. you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I'm not talking in a, in a monetary sense, I'm just saying it is, is you, uh, your value as a person, as a streamer. You don't want, <clears throat> like you were talking about, you know, when you do the giveaways, it makes you, you know, like I'm buying you kind of thing, you know, um, you don't want that. So, and I feel like doing other different little things like, um, like I was just talking about tends to work a little better in, in your community. If you're doing stuff that they enjoy and then they want more of it and you get the feedback and it just, it goes back and forth. And uh, I think it's a much more positive growth, even if it is slower, it's better quality. So investing your time would be better spent. And this is how I feel. And I feel like that's what you're saying too. Your time would be better spent yeah. investing that time and money that you would have um, put into doing this giveaway and all the subsequent hyping, like all of that takes time. If you're making multiple graphics, if you're making a video, yep. if you're really selling it, all of that's going to take your personal time. Some of that might be better spent in sprucing up your stream, working on your content, but it's really hard for newer streamers to figure out what direction to go. So I think that's an easy trap and a fallback um, because they see how, in a sense, in the short run, it seems like it's the easiest thing to do. I'll just give away stuff and then people will come and they'll automatically like, like, like me because I'm giving them stuff. But what does a new streamer do is my question. What do you, what do you guys think? How do they help uh, identify their style on stream? How do they develop that to where they can, they can refine it and bring in new people? Well, I, you know, as far as, as far as, my case, which is, I would say, is definitely in the starting phase of streaming. Um, as far as my take on giveaways, I couldn't agree more with uh, Silas. I think if I if I was ever to do a giveaway within a stream, I would do it exactly 
um, how he was saying. I, I don't think hyping on Twitter or whatever your social media is is necessarily the way to go um, just because, you know, you're you're building that hype and you're you're kind of incentivizing people to come into the stream where if um, you're just doing a general stream and there are, you know, 20 or 30 people in there, what you would normally expect, and you're having a chill stream, you say, you know, hey, I got something. I'm going to give it away to one of you fine people that are in here supporting me and talking in chat, not announcing it, but saying, hey, you are the people that support me. You're in here right now. Let me do a giveaway for you guys and do a giveaway unannounced and just with the people that are in my stream supporting me instead of building that hype of, and, and I totally get what you say because it's kind of a thing with new streamers is how can I get people to come to my channel? I can do a giveaway. I, I'm, I, I can't really, I, I couldn't do that myself. I don't see myself doing that. Um, but I'm in a startup phase. And if I was someone that's looking in a, to do a startup phase, the way that I got into it, um, you know, not to go too far into the backstory because Sage has heard it a thousand times, was... It's a great story. I, Please tell I it. Was, I was in the streams. <laughs> I... I me and a friend of mine had kind of gotten into the division. We're checking it out, and we played it through beta, and I started reading about it and learning about it, um, and I was in the streams. I worked a third shift job, um, massive, obviously, in Malmo, Sweden, when they would stream would be in the middle of the night uh, in the States from 2 to 6 in the morning. Um, so I would be in every stream while I was at work, uh, which kind of tells you about how much I work when I'm actually at work. I was in there answering, <laughs> you know, answering questions um, because the streamer, as, as you guys know, you've streamed a lot more than I have. Um, sometimes it's hard to read everything in chat. You miss things, obviously. Um, and yep. the guys over there would miss things. So I just would occasionally help out and would answer questions when I could. And I built that relationship with the developers that they trusted me to answer questions for people in chat. And it took me a few months. Uh, but then, then Hamish um, made me a moderator for the channel. Um, I was able to, you know, I guess somewhat officially answer questions uh, because they built enough trust knowing that I would give them either the right answer or the direction, whatever they would need. Uh, and I built up that within the community. Um, and that... Um, you know, not to not to make a big deal of it, but it was a big deal to me where I built relationships with Sage. I built relationships with SkillUp, with Eric's, with Like Butter, with the other big streamers, um, just because I wanted to help. Um, so that networking part of it is really good for you because if you if you treat those people right, when you decide to get into streaming, those people will return the favor. By letting their people know, hey, go check this guy out. He's a really good person, really helpful. He knows about the game. So, you know, if I was giving anyone advice, you know, jump into streaming. And if you're at home and you're playing games, why not stream and let other people watch you? If you have no viewers, so what? You'd be playing video games anyway. That's kind of how I look at it now. I'd be sitting at home playing anyway. So why not stream it? But work on that networking as well. Work on getting involved in communities, growing the people that you know. Um, be positive. Don't 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 be a troll. Don't be a flamer. Don't go in there throwing shit at people. Like uh, I, that's 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 going to be a rough road for you if you're that kind of person. Um, it's vi at we the end of the day, it's video words. games. Yeah, it's video games at the end of the day. I've been doing this. I've I'm 41. I've been playing video games as long as I can remember. I don't get mad. I used to. 
and I would lose. That's a long time ago. I don't lose anymore. <laughs> I saw somebody. Um, <laughs> oops. <laughs> We're going to see this 1980s video yeah, yeah. on VHS of yeah. these fucking breaking yeah. controllers. <laughs> I got beta tape throwing them against the wall and stuff. But um, I, uh, Speaking of that, that's funny you said that because I uh. used to have an old NES controller that was broken that I kept beside me. So when I screwed up, I wouldn't throw my good one. I'd throw the bad one against the wall and just keep smashing it. Oh, but anyways... Good. You know, mm. cultivate that that relationship with the community, whatever game you connect with, network, get, you know, help out people that are where you want to be because some of those people will help you out. Um, I've been lucky enough to have that happen. So, it's There's no magic formula to it. It's absolutely. Uh, people see the Internet now as a place where you can be a, a knight or overnight you can be a superstar you know you're on the next meme that blows up with 500 million retweets or you know whatever it is and they feel that streaming is basically the same thing though while that can happen in in certain bursts you know i've had streams where i've gotten 150 200 follows in one stream and there's quite a few of those that have stayed you know and that was a big block but then you plateau and you go slow for a little bit it it is work there is there's no quick way to do it that is sustainable absolutely It'll it will implode on itself and and you know to your comment about the type of people that you you want in there you know you don't want to attract those kinds of people but eventually that can bite you too because uh, these are the same people that maybe you're doing your giveaways to or they subscribe to you and if you you know at some point decide that you're going to change your format or maybe you've grown out of that format and you try and do something else the people you've attracted may not be the most pliable understanding people and you can lose your viewership uh, easier. <laughs> it can happen. So, you know, they get used to a certain type of gameplay um, and then that's all that they want to see. So don't pigeonhole yourself at the very beginning, trying to be an edge Lord or, you know, a, a master race kind of person or because that, that margin is so, so, so thin. It's so thin. And there's a, there's a world of other people out there that might be better suited. I didn't, I wanted to be a PVP God who doesn't, who doesn't want to go into PVP and everybody love you. Well, I got to talk to them about this build or I got it. He did a, he did a 920 uh, spin in the air before he headshotted four guys at 900 meters. Like who doesn't want to be that guy? <clears throat> but my days are much better spent in the mornings. And now I find that my, my stream is geared around a morning coffee and chill music and and hanging i never thought that it would be that way and i can tell you that i love it so much more having wonderful people in there that just want to hang out and chill and have great conversation they're like me it's great and it's a lot less stressful and they mod the hell out of chat for me <laughs> like anybody <laughs> says anything bad about sage or gives me grief like they're they're timed out and, and banned immediately I'm not saying, hey, look at me. <clears throat> what I'm saying is... No, but you are doing very, very well, though. There, there's definitely been a, a very large positive improvement for you. Um, and that, and that's great to see. So, you know... Um, Thanks, bro. Good job with that. And uh, keep it rolling, man. <laughs> Thanks, bro. I appreciate <laughs> You know that. you've got our support, but it's it's really awesome to see, you know, like, like what happened today with Matt Shacha, the people over at Assassin's Creed checking you out. Like, that's... That's a big deal. I mean, that's not something to downplay. That's that's a big deal when when the division stream thinks enough about you and and trusts you enough to to host you. You know, I mean, honestly, let's be honest. If I host you, Sage, and I've got five viewers, yeah, sure, you're gonna thank me. You're gonna say, "Wheeze, man, I appreciate that host. Absolutely, dude." Matt goes buck. Thanks for that host, dude. That's awesome. 
but it's not on the same level of when you have a developer that's made that game that thinks enough of you to host you knowing that in a sense you're representing them for that time period while they're they're hosting you playing their game that's a big deal that's that's it's awesome that it's happened to you um when when the division ho hosted me a few times i think one time it was like 600 viewers like uh, I just started rambling, just nonsense bullshit. Like, hey, guys, <laughs> yeah. like, this is awesome. That. Like, that. I have no idea what to do. I'm just screwing around on the game, but now you are going to watch my terrible gameplay. But uh, that's it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. That big host comes in. It, it's nerve-wracking. And then you're spent. Absolutely. And people don't – there's one of our, our newer and uh, upcoming streamers who we were talking. He's like, afterwards, I feel tired. Sage, like, I never knew that streaming can be so exhausting. And I'm like, especially when you get that big host and the pressure's on, it's like it's like giving a speech in front of school, you know, everybody at school. It, you it just, know there are people out there that are judging your play. You know that, without a doubt. Heavily. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and as I've told Sage many a times, I am garbage at the division. I am not good. I'm okay at PvE. I'm terrible at PvP. If, if, I, could, if I could stream NHL, which gets maybe... 200 viewers for the entire game, I would be great. I, I could be the top streamer on NHL because I can dominate that game. It's just not a game that pulls views. A game like The Division that pulls views, I'm terrible at. So it's kind of, it's gonna, always going to be a battle, uh, you know, trying to find, you know, that's, a, that's another topic of, you know, do you go for those games that are getting the views or do you stream what you want to stream? I would love to stream NHL, but I know I'm going to be in there with just me and Nightbot. You know, Nightbot's not good for conversation. <laughs> he, Nightbot's always supporting. Yeah, me. but Nightbot loves you though. Yeah, that's Nightbot true. loves that you. That is true. No one loves you like Nightbot. Well, I, I think we. <laughs> I think we can all agree that putting putting the time back into your stream is really where it's you're going to be best spent. Investing in yourself, figuring out where you want to go. These, there's a lot of really big questions to ask yourself as you're moving forward. But spending more time doing the thing that you. If, if you're growing to love it, that is definitely something that, you know, you should you should consider, even if it's only an hour a week or whatever it might be. Consistency mm -hmm. seems to bring in the most people and the best people. Um, with that said, since we're under the stream update portion of our show, these two guys here know. But I will say uh, officially on the podcast that as of last Friday... I am officially a full-time streamer and content creator and Yay. it feels amazing and I'm scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> but that's your fuel right there. <laughs> that's my fuel. Because uh, that, that's, that's what you've got. But, you know, it's a, it's a good choice, I think. Um, I think you're going to do really well, man. Oh, thank I think you. You're going you're gonna to have a lot of growth in your, in, and you're going to do really well. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Hopefully, I don't screw it up, guys. I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, uh, now nah, you'll be fine. <laughs> go ahead, Simon. I was going to ask you ask you a thing. Um, with going full time, I mean, I know that was that was a big decision for you because you had other things going on, obviously work and and whatnot. And now streaming is is, is your work. Um, you know, um, how was it that you? I mean, you don't have to get into a super lot of detail, but just the basic of you know, how was it you came to the decision that okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go full on and in sense making that decision on, on the back side of that you know you're you're talking you're really excited but also scared and everything um do you have kind of like a a plan now that you're going full time and 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 do you feel that it um without 
the work getting in the way and now you're just the you know the streaming is your work does it make it easier in a sense because um having that time to just um make your schedule and actually be able to stick to it and everything Wow. Um, <laughs> I know good. that's a big portion. Yeah, there's, okay. like three, there's three questions in there. So help, help remind me. So I'll start with the how piece. And, um, and I don't mind getting, a, I'll, I'll get a little personal, but I promise I won't make you guys uncomfortable. Um, anybody, anybody or any of my close friends knows that uh, I didn't have a great relationship with my father. What I did have, though, was a great example in what not to do. <laughs> and here was a man that lived with regret regret and shame and it 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 tore him up it it took away all of his ability to do extremely wonderful and creative things and he was ashamed of himself for not doing those things that he knew he was capable of Um, whether it was out of fear or whether it was out of uh, lack of availability to him i'm not really sure but he had a lot in front of him and he didn't take advantage of it what came up in my life more recently was an opportunity to be able to give this a try for a year and um, be able to do so with financial stability, but it did cost me some of my personal business, actually my all of my personal <laughs> business. So it wasn't without some risk and, uh, and it wasn't a decision that was made willy-nilly because I was able to have money set aside that will support me for the next year during this trial period. Um, the risk was worth it, I think. So that was kind of the, the why. I'm, I'm 32 years old, and this is something that, is, that really makes me happy. And I, I've not felt this, this degree of happiness in a long time with what I do. Now, granted, like music, I love music. And it's going to get hard and boring sometimes. But it just happens because it's something you love to do, but when you're doing it for a living, it's, it's a little different. But I've not connected with something like like this before so so that's kind of the the how it happened okay um so as far as and, and you kind of also uh, um uh covered the second one a little bit but as far as uh, on the back end uh you know uh now just having this as, as, as your main focus uh, has it made things a little bit easier for you you know managing your stream time now that that's your primary thing or and, and all that Everything else has kind of fallen into place, just having more time um, to sit down and really focus on it. I think I've been more creative. You've seen the evolution of my stream over the past you know, year mm-hmm. and a half. And, and keep in mind, there's the majority of that year and a half since I made that Twitch account, I wasn't actually streaming. You know, the majority of the growth has happened you know, only in the past five, six months with you know, being able to have a computer, <laughs> you know, a PC that can handle streaming. Yeah, a good PC. <laughs> yeah, having a, a good PC makes a difference. But having the time to really sit down and think about the direction that I want to go. And uh, based on the earlier comments, we're talking about the type of, of brand um, that you're putting out there is going to attract those people. So, I, uh, well, people that work with you or against you, the kind of people you want or the kind that you don't. And um, <clears throat> I realized that streaming for me, I was better in the mornings. So why am I fighting it? So I stream in the mornings and everything is the, the whole stream premise for me was around discussion. I've always wanted to have discussion, uh, but respectful discussion. I want to keep it chill because I'm, I suffer from social anxiety. So keeping it really chill is really important. Having the time to figure out how to execute that 
and really sit down and, and think about it has made all the difference. And I'm the happiest I've been with my stream ever. It's changed a dozen times. You're always fiddling with stuff. But as of today, this last revamp, I'm happier than ever with where it is. And I feel that that confidence yeah, comes good. out on stream. I'm really happy. I'm proud of my setup. And I think that makes the viewer feel better as well. So having the time to devote to it, yes, it's made it has made it a lot easier. But the flip side of that coin is the pressure is on. Like this is you know this yeah. has got to happen. Like I said, I, I I'm I congratulate you, sir, and um, I think I think you're gonna do really well. I'm pretty sure you you're not gonna jack it up. You're you're gonna go far. It might take you a little bit. You might have some ups and downs, but I think overall uh, you're gonna be able to do it. Uh, you're, you're gonna get Fingers there. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Um, and, but with that though, um, you also went full time, but you also started, well, you kind of touched on this a little bit. You did start, uh, st streaming some, uh, Assassin's Creed. I did. I did. I started, uh, and, uh, and I was actually in, in, enjoying, uh, watching that. And, uh, in fact, I think it was, was it, uh, yesterday before work or today when I was watching, uh, it's one thing I do like about you doing in the mornings now, whether, uh, I have to work or not, I can actually at least catch part of your stream. <laughs> so that definitely, as far as I'm concerned, that, that's nice. That makes it easier. Um, um, however, um, you know, I was asking about Assassin's Creed because, as we've talked about before in uh, a couple of our previous casts, uh, I have mixed feelings when it comes to the Assassin's Creed series. <laughs> I used to love it, but the recent games, after massive glitching, because you know, in in Unity, just kind of broke me, and I was, I was like, "Screw it!" But you know, I was interested in the new one, and I, and I watched some of your gameplay, and I will say, it looks fucking fantastic. It looks like a really fun mm -hmm. game. Um, along with a couple other things, but uh, what's your impressions of it so far? I mean, you've obviously been putting some serious time into it. I saw that, that skill tree filling up there. Uh, Freaking uh, Dungeons and Creed. <laughs> Dungeons and Creed. <laughs> um, uh, it is a it's a phenomenal game, hands down. I, I, I went into it cautiously, but I fell into my love of Assassin's Creed, and I pre-ordered it. I got the deluxe edition. Um, it's it came obviously the deluxe comes with the DLC. You get the whole pack and and a couple of uh, special weapons and stuff that you use right off the bat. And uh, so I booted it up on Friday. Actually, Friday was a special announcement that I was going full time, and I was starting it off with Assassin's Creed. It felt like it was meant to be. So going through the initial tutorial and everything, it felt very Assassin's Creed, and then in a lot of ways, it didn't feel very Assassin's Creed. Um, Pacing has been a common theme, a word that I've been using in storyline lately, um, not just here on the podcast, on the stream, other conversations. Pacing is so important, and I feel like lately that we've been missing the mark on storyline and consumption of storyline versus execution of quests. You thought after the first mission or so that the, the mission is over, like the tutorial is over, the prologue is done, and it's not. It actually lasts a lot longer than you expect. And because of that, and there won't be, if you're listening now, there's no spoilers. I'm not going to give away anything. But it's longer Very than good. you expect. And when you finally get done and you get placed in, in a free roam situation where it's just you and you kind of get to pick where you're going to go next, the expansiveness, the unending feeling of the map and all that there is to do, the size of the map comes to life. And I feel like I'm saying this very passionately and romantically. You're right, I am. The point I'm getting to is that no game in the Assassin's Creed series has come close, in my opinion, to 
uh, being as well executed and well thought out, period. If Assassin's Creed 1 had the technology that they had today, this is what they would have done with the first one. And if you love the first one, you are going to absolutely love and worship Assassin's Creed Origins. It's amazing. For a lot of us that are not going to be able to go to Egypt ourselves and see uh, if you're fascinated by history, especially Egyptian history like I am, I'm probably never going to be able to go to Egypt and see any of this stuff, especially, you know, you're not going to see it in its heyday, right? With this game, you, there's almost this implied trust that they're going to do it historically accurate for the time. So when you're climbing the Great Pyramid or you're climbing the Sphinx, you're truly seeing it from a perspective that is as accurate, more than likely as accurate as they possibly can for that time. And you get to see it when it was glorious. So the romance for this game right now is real. The fact that I feel so emotionally attached to it should speak volumes. It's a great game. I ex fully expect it to get game of the year and beyond. It's awesome. Go get it. Do it. Do it now. Why are you still listening to this podcast? No, keep listening. <laughs> but it's it's great. <laughs> you heard it from Sage right here. Go buy Assassin's Creed Origins. Buy Assassin's Creed it's Origins. It's amazing. If you have it, Ubisoft. I recommend it. <laughs> No, not really sponsored by Ubisoft. We wish, but anyway. <laughs> uh, one other thing I will add, just you play the game for yourselves. It's really, really good. Um, besides it being beautiful, the, the combat system, the, the detail in, in character movement, for instance, and I'll just highlight this one thing. When you're getting on a horse, I should be able to run. I should be able to run like in real life. I'm running. And that horse should run up right beside me knowing, just like in all the cowboy movies, that horse should run up next to me and I should be able to hop on while I'm mid-run. Assassin's Creed has never gotten this 100% right. It has to make you stop or it, it judders or you know whatever you want to call it and it stops you completely. And you what you end up doing is not using the mount at all because of that annoying thing, right? It's got an animation for everything for several different speeds. I've, I've tried the slow walk to mid walk to, to fast walk. There's an animation for it and it works seamlessly. But just imagine that level of detail in throughout the rest of the game. That's, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> it's fantastic. On top of that, the developers are really doing a fantastic job of reaching out. Uh, today, uh, as Weezer was mentioning, uh, today Matt Shachi, the community manager of uh, The Division, happened to be hanging out with um, the community manager of Assassin's Creed, Ubi Banshee, on Twitter. Uh, so while I was streaming on Friday, I didn't know that. While I was streaming on Friday, they came in and I was raving about the game, and they gave me 2,000 Helix credits from the Assassin's Creed community manager and team to me to spend on stream and buy some more really cool stuff. And by the way, that really cool stuff that you can buy um, is amazing. And it, it really does work. This is the first deal, uh, paid content, paid items that you can buy with physical money that are actually very powerful and a lot of fun. And they're useful immediately. And they stay useful. So you can tell I've got nothing but great things to say about Assassin's Creed. 10 out of 10, best release in a long time. It's, it's perfect. It's beautiful. Holler at your boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it definitely sounds like it, it's a lot of fun. And if nothing else, I'll definitely uh, be watching you play it some more for sure. And uh, probably down the line, I'm going to have to go back and play through the other Assassin's Creed games and then play this one uh, when I get some free time. Hey, that's what sales are for. That's right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, sounds like you're you you had a you're having a great experience with it. Um, 
and everything's Weezer. Did you get to play it? I'm sorry, Silas. Have you seen it yet, Weez? Assassin's Creed. I, I yeah. didn't play any. I, I haven't played any of the Assassin's Creeds. Um, I thought about picking Black Flag up. Um, just that's be- a lot of fun. Well, uh, I'm pirates. Ex- well, see, I'm ex- <laughs> I'm excited for Skull and Bones. It's coming out, I guess, fourth quarter of next year from Ubisoft, and it's yes. it's kind of mm-hmm. I guess the premise was built around the naval combat within Assassin's Creed Black Flag. So I would like to try that, but I've obviously watched streams. I've watched your stream of Assassin's Creed Origins. It looks amazing. I want to get it. I'm kind of torn. Uh, is there? I want to get it on PC because I want to. Lo- I want it to look amazing, but I want to be able to play with Sage. Is Sage getting it on PC? I'm. I'm not going to be able to play with you. What? Uh, I'm getting it on PC. Uh, I, don't, I don't know a single player yeah. campaign if we can, but I am definitely getting it on PC. After that, there, there's there's going to be some kind of multiplayer eventually, right? Surely. Which Assassin's Creed had Silas? Do you remember? What multiplayer? Yeah, it was a PvP. That one, the like Brotherhood or something, where it was like they it had. Might have been Brotherhood. Uh, several of them actually. Really? Um, yeah. Shame on me. I'm only worried about this. <laughs> I never played it. I, I was never a PvP Assassin's um, Creed kind of guy. It three, three did. Um, I know for sure. Black Flag did. Um, I think. Uh, what was Revelations? Maybe mm-hmm. I don't remember if that one did or not. I'd have to go back and look, but. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I know three and uh, three and Black Flag did had uh, PvP because uh, I played a little bit of it. There was a couple. Uh, I think four. I think was where I played more of it than anything. There was somebody I was playing with, and uh, we had a good time. Uh, it was unfortunately uh, there was some issues with the PvP. There's things I felt that could have been improved on, but the uh, basic sense of it was was pretty good. Um, doing the the stealth murders and and things like that was always fun, especially when it's actual people and not bots. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that part of it did intense. That was fun, but it, it didn't stick to me. It really I just didn't. want a PvP mode where like where you were riding on the horse today and shooting the bow and arrow. Like I just want that PvP. Like all of us run fly around and just shoot bow and arrows at each other. Yeah. Flaming bow go. and arrows. I'm yeah. cool with that. <laughs> I'll be trash at it. Good I'm time right there. PvP, but let's do it. What have you what have no, you been playing? Yeah. I know you've got, I think you've got an update about some Nintendo stuff that we were talking about last time and then yes. some other game news yes. as well. So lay it on us, bro. All right. So I've been playing, I uh, did get back onto Splatoon for a little bit um, on uh, when I streamed it last Friday. Uh, slow stream, but uh, you know, several people dropped in like usual. Most, most of my regular people came by and I'm minus a couple, uh, but I know one of which is working now. So that's, probably why plus uh my streams have been kind of off but aside from all that uh it was a good time i was playing splatoon uh, it was good to play some more nintendo switch again because i have been playing mostly fable uh fable 2 on on xbox been feeling retro lately but i got back onto splatoon on uh on the nintendo switch and i decided since that was one of the games that actually had the one feature that we talked about a little bit in the uh, last podcast the uh video recording that got added it's one of the games it actually works for uh and i really do hope nintendo makes it so it works for everything on the system because uh, I did use the feature um, during uh, during my stream, and I actually posted a couple of the videos directly to Twitter from from the Switch. And the video editing is very quick and simple. And the way they have it done, it's a lot like the uh, just like you do for the screenshots. It's very similar. It's very quick, simple, and it works. You got a few options. Um, there's quite a few things you can do, but it's all it's all pretty simple and very intuitive as far as that goes. The feature 
it works really well. Um, and since I have like my photos and stuff all, because I have a SD card for the Switch, because let's face it, the Switch doesn't have the most onboard memory, so and SD cards aren't that expensive, so I have a 64 or 128 gig shoved in that thing. Uh, so that's where my videos, uh, all my uh, photos go, so it automatically puts all my videos there on that SD card, so it's not like I'm too worried about using up space. And the clips are uh, 30 seconds. It records and um, it pulls from a little bit from before you hit the button to a little bit after. I'm not sure on the exact timing uh, how much is before and after, but it does catch the stuff a bit before, so that's kind of nice. There is, um, it's not uh, directly from when you uh, hit the button to do the video record. So it's nice that it cap captures from a bit before it goes back. So they were smart and they're planning for that. And of course, the sharing of it works really well with the direct integration with Twitter and whatever else you have linked up to your uh, Nintendo Switch. Um, it works well, and the clips actually look really, really good. Uh, considering it's just doing it right on the console right there. Of course, if I captured from my stream and recorded it, it would be better, but um, for something that you could do quick while you're playing and then just uh, share it out later, whatever you want to do, it works really well. Um, the editing's pretty simple. There are a couple of them I edited them down. I think I left one the full length, but uh, the other two I, I edited down. It doesn't take much. There's a little slider. You move it to where you want it to start. You move it to where you want it to end, and then, of course, if you want to throw some text on there, whatever you can. Um, you can also take screenshots from your recorded videos as well. Which I thought was kind of nice. So if you you know if you have an area and, and you record it later, like wow, that would have been a nice screenshot. You can go in there, go to that spot, and then nice. screen cap it from the from the recorded video. So editor. the feature works great, but Nintendo, please make it work for all the games, not just a select few, because it's a really good feature. Don't jack it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe I said that in the last episode too, but I got to repeat myself yet again because it it does work well. So I have to give credit where credit is due when it comes to certain things. Uh, when, Nintendo, when, when Nintendo does something right, they do it right and they do it well. But when they... It's do things wrong that's a mess it sounds like similar <laughs> it sounds like similar plights of the of the division community right now with the, the optimization station it's great but please don't screw it up right <laughs> yeah <laughs> please please it still needs some tweaking okay so i gotta ask you though how long have you had the the switch now first um i didn't have it right away at launch because i couldn't what? Okay. <laughs> I had to wait. Um, I think I got mine about a month and a half or two months after launch when I was finally able to get my hands on one somewhere in that time frame. Um, and it came out, you know, in, in April of this year, wasn't it? So you've had it good for, March. for a good time now. It would I've had it for a few months would anyway. You say, are you, you know? at a point with it where I could put a little pressure on you and I could say... Go for it. Would you recommend, after you've spent all this time with it, is it still a, a plus buy for you? Uh, yeah, yeah. As I mentioned in, in the last cast, as an overall whole, um, I am happy with the Switch. Um, I do not regret purchasing it whatsoever. I've had a lot of fun with it. I still have fun with it. Um, but it's not going to take over another system. I, I think I have it. For me, it's it's equal to having my Xbox. I, I think both are, are pretty equal. And, of course, you know, I still occasionally play stuff on PC. But as far as consoles go, uh, both my the consoles that I have, I appreciate equally for the most part. Um, you know, it just depends on which which games. But I'm also looking forward to games that are coming out for the Switch, and I feel that the Switch is still it's still early. Um, and again, there are some things I I don't like that Nintendo's doing that 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 do bother me. But overall, as a whole, for me, it was a good buy. Um, you know, if you're looking to play some more 
uh, of course, obviously, first-party Nintendo games. Um, uh, RPGs, there, there seem to be there's a lot of RPGs playing, so if you like any sorts of RPGs, it's definitely good buy there, especially being able to take the game uh, on the go. Uh, and it's, of course, the exact same game. It's, it's, it's not like when you... Um, you're trying to stream like doing the uh, the Vita from the PS4 and that kind of thing mm-hmm. where you have you know Wi-Fi you know no it's the exact same version it's just of course obviously when it's in portable mode it's not full 1080p but when you're on that small screen you don't need it to be 1080 because it's you know you're not playing on a huge ass screen that makes you know it still looks fantastic and the fact that it's still getting 60 frames whether it's you know 720 or 1080 you know if you're on that smaller screen you know the smoothness is is fantastic Mm. uh the games look good they're solid um i haven't really had any major crashing or anything like that so overall it's you know i feel it was worth it for me for what um you know for what i've been playing and i've played more stuff on it than i thought i would i initially got it thinking i wasn't going to play a whole lot on it and then you know now I find I play a lot more things on it. Mm. <laughs> well, so now I've, this begs the question for me, Weezer, are are you a mobile gaming platform kind of guy? Like, is that uh, has that ever been something that is a priority for you in your in your gaming budget? Mm, not necessarily. I mean, I, I definitely could see the advantages of having the Switch. I would love to have. Something like that where I could take it, you know, depending on what I'm doing, to be able to play things like that. Um, I was a Nintendo kid, so being able to play <laughs> Mario Odyssey, uh, Breath of the Wild, those interest me a lot. Um, oh, Breath of the Wild's a lot of fun. It looks amazing. <laughs> it absolutely looks amazing. Um, most of my time now is spent more playing games where I'm playing with other people, you know, more pvp or you know games like the division or sports games like that and not that switch doesn't have those games you know you have fifa even though i've heard there's issues with the fifa and nba games like that that i would play um it just hasn't been that leap that i'm willing to take yet you know nintendo has burned a lot of people multiple times and it kind of gives you that fear (laughs) of i don't want this to be a wii i don't want this to be a wii u not a Wii U. I don't want a Wii U. Um, but oh, you well, know, it's it's already had more sales than the Wii Absolutely. U's lifetime. Yeah, so I think yeah. we're uh, safely out of that range um, because people actually at least have somewhat of an idea of of what it is. <laughs> well, that's an interesting point too. The the difference in the the Wii U and this current platform. And I got to be honest, you've mentioned before, Silas, that people didn't really know what the Wii U was. Yeah. So. Yeah. I can honestly say I still don't know what it was. And and because it was Wii U, like I, I didn't get it. You know, a marketing thing there is definitely the case. But but honestly, I mean, the premise of the Wii U, while it was cool, if you already had a Wii, there was, what was your incentive? Because it sounds like this, this discussion that we're having right now is really more around the games. The games have been, up, mm-hmm. been brought up centrally. If you're a Nintendo fan and you really love their Nintendo-only titles then you're probably going to get one and enjoy it because it's a fantastic machine. But I'm not going to get it so I can play Skyrim while I'm out. Some people will. Some people will. I wouldn't, and I'll agree with you on that, but some people will. Personally, Skyrim has been re-released on everything, and it's a great cash cow for yeah, Bethesda. Yeah, I think it's it coming is. out on Game Boy <laughs> next week. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, Bethesda's re-releasing it on pretty much everything. I don't disagree, but I have it on console. And it, I mean... Yeah. 
my need my lust my my dark <laughs> lust for for skyrim can be satiated by simply playing it on xbox right. like if i'm really but traveling people, a lot, then those yes, nintendo but, purists right. are going to get the chance to do it now though i'm sure there are yeah. nintendo purists and, and that's that nintendo is all they okay. want so i got you yeah, and, and if Nintendo Switch is is your only console, and maybe maybe you're just Nintendo Switch and PC, of course if you're PC, you probably have it on there. But you know, so you can play it on the go. And and like Weezer was saying, you know, for people who've only pretty much stuck with Nintendo consoles mostly, the fact that Nintendo's pulling in a lot of this third party support, and even though some of these games have already been released, now that you can take them on the go, and people who haven't had a chance to play them can get a hold of them. This is a smart move on Nintendo's part. Granted, I'm not going to buy into a lot of this stuff, but other people, if if that's their only console, or whatever. This is good for them, and, and having that choice to be able to play this game and not having to go buy a different console to play it, and having it be at least close to a similar experience. Um, I've watched a couple of YouTube videos where people were talking uh, pre-release uh, that you know Skyrim actually plays very very well on the Switch. You know there were some uh, some things that are obviously different, uh, obviously a little less power, but overall how how it plays really well and all this other stuff. You know, people are going to buy into that, and if, and it's great that they're going to have the opportunity to play this if, if they didn't before, and maybe the Switch is the only thing they have or, or whatever. So the fact that Nintendo's opening up those doors is is uh, is pretty awesome. And uh, the fact that they're letting some very mature-rated games hit the system is something that hasn't happened since the GameCube, or maybe Nintendo 64. I don't know. It's demand. been a long time since they've really had, um, you know, outside of the original Bayonetta, that was like the only mature rated game that came out on a Nintendo system in the last two platforms. Now on the Switch, you're having stuff like L.A. Noir, the the remaster is releasing on Switch, and I played that originally on PS3, and that's a very mature rated game. We'll just there, there's a reason that game has a mature rating, and the fact that Nintendo's allowing it and not having it being censored and stuff in that regard, to me, I feel speaks some volumes on Nintendo really opening some things up, and that's that's a good step for them. Developers and publishers... And they need to do that. They really do to stay relevant. And it, it's amazing to see the process of of change and how often it happens now with the recent closure of additional studios. Uh, it seems like this is normal anymore for the game business that uh, um, you're going to see them rise and fall very quickly. And I think to a certain degree, because of that, they have a hard time connecting because there's so much change. You look at a company like Vivendi that's looking to purchase Ubisoft and the Ubisoft employees are really scared right now because uh, Vivendi is a by the numbers business and they're more than likely going to fire everybody there or condense quite a bit. So people are scared for their jobs, not not to mention the Ubisoft downsizing, the Ubisoft family uh, who's had it forever and been in the lead and taking care of it. That's their baby, you know? So having their business pulled out from under them highlights highlights the uh, the change that we have to deal with on a regular basis with gamers but also highlights the importance of that connectivity piece and how they relate with us with gamers one of the ways that they do that are community managers right so the last thing that we were going to talk a little bit about here was uh, putting the community in community manager uh, what happened, as, as a preface, what happened with me, I mentioned it a little earlier, is that uh, a couple of community managers, one for Assassin's Creed, one for Division, happened to come by stream, and they, they supported my Assassin's Creed love and dropped some Helix credits in my Ubisoft account, and I was able to purchase it right there. And, and the fact that they stopped by stream at all to say anything 
was fantastic, let alone giving me something right there on stream. You know, I get to watch it happen. I can say I've never heard of that happening before. I'm not saying it doesn't. I can't believe it happened to me. And it raised a question, like, what does a community manager have to do? Like, what are the things that they need to do and think about? If that's maybe an area that you're going into, I don't know. But uh, what are the things that they got to do to establish that connectivity? Because often we can love or hate a game based on the community managers that are kind of in charge and the devs that you're, they're communicating with the community, right? So open it up to you guys. Like, what do you think? Where, where does it start with being a good community manager to you? What are your expectations? Wow. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I think that... Uh... <laughs> I'm not probably the best person to judge this, but <laughs> it's heavy. I know. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a broad topic, but it's something as gamers we kind of need to think about because the community managers for, you know, for these publishers and, and developers and everything, you know, they're the ones that are kind of like the bridge between the gamers and said publisher or developer. So if if your community manager sucks, it's definitely not going to help your game any. <laughs> Um, so, you know, their job can, can be a rough one. I'm sure a lot of them, you know, and especially, you know, you go through and, and any game, doesn't matter what it is, there's going to be positive and, and negative feedback, but I'm sure a lot of the community managers go through and look at, you know, obviously what the community is saying, whether it's in forums, Twitter, Facebook, you know, all that stuff. And, and I would not want to be these guys, uh, close to game release and stuff when pressure's heavy. And of course, directly after, uh, you know, especially if, if something goes wrong and there's a lot of hate backlash, like Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> Um, you know, there, there's a lot of bad, you know, it just, it's, it's tough to be those guys in, in that position, but uh, that um, poor game, a good community. We've been so hard on that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. Um, but you know, um, obviously a good community manager can help kind of soften the blow and help make things right. You know, um, whether it's, you know, helping get, you know, if there's problems, you know, helping to relay the fact that, Hey, you know. Uh, people don't like this, that, or the other. What can we do to make this right, or, or whatever? You know, part of their job is, you know, you know, helping get that done. If if something goes wrong, or if things are going right, you know, they help. You know, the the PR and, and all that stuff. And, and like you were talking, you know, someone came by and and dropped by your stream. I think that's freaking awesome. I've never uh, again, I've never heard of uh, anybody doing that. I'm sure it's possibly happened before, but the fact that it happened and, and it happened to you is is amazing and fantastic. And and in that regard, I feel like, you know, those particular community managers are doing a very good job because they're reaching out not only to, you know, uh, forums and Twitter and things like that. A lot of people, you know, stick to Twitter and things, but reaching out to, to streamers. And, you know, we've talked about this a few episodes back where streamers are can be a big part of, of uh, you know, how your game is perceived, you know. Uh, you know, if you got gamer, if you got streamers that are playing your game and, and really enjoying it and they're enjoying it on streams and stuff, that's really good for your game. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a great connectivity piece, uh, them getting to know you. And the fact that I'm, I'm not a big streamer. I'm certainly not a, a YouTube content creator. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not anybody. And the fact that somebody came in and did that, it also gave me the sense that they were looking outside of what people would consider the normal avenues, only looking at the YouTube right. video that's got the highest views by the most respected content creator. Like, they're looking to support the little guy, too, and I consider myself there as well weezer like what do you think uh having your experience with the division community and being really close with uh, the division devs and of course matt shotcha during his time as the community manager like what are some of the things that you saw on that subject that uh that affected you well 
community management interests me quite a bit, you know, being able to work with them and, and speak with them, you know, on a, a slightly more intimate level than, than just average, you know, once I was, once I was a part of ETF, I was able to discuss the game a little more intimately and detailed of, of the future. But as far as the community management, um, you know, watching how, how, you know, how they answer questions and how they deal with different types of gamers, like Silas was saying, you're going to have people that are positive, you're going to have people that are negative, and they are that bridge between us and the developers, us and the guys that are making those decisions. So, um, for me, for an ex for instance, one of the one of the first things that I learned from those guys about trying to get into that um, from Hamish, from Matt, those guys like you would generally have people that would come into chat. This is just going into story mode now. Um, generally, the people that would come into chat that would just flame. I don't I don't want to overly cuss, but it wasn't uncommon in the division to see people fuck this game. This game is dead. You <laughs> guys are assholes. You don't yeah. care about the game, and that's not. That's not constructive at all. I'm not. I'm not gaining anything from that. Uh, that kind of dialect in in the chat. So, um, you know, being a mod, I would I would whisper those people and say, "What don't you like about the game? Tell me what we could do. What might change that would make you enjoy what you're doing, how you're spending your time. Um, being able to draw something." constructive out of someone that's just pissed off is hard sometimes people just want to vent and that's fine i mean I, i've never played a perfect game i can say that i've never played a game that didn't have some kind of problem within it so we've all been there um i've i've said to sage when we're playing the division the things that are happening to you are happening to me we're all dealing with the same problem how we deal with that how we react to it is different from person to person um but yep. staying positive and trying to pull something out of it because they're passionate about the game. People don't want to believe that, but I've seen these guys and they're passionate about their work. This is their livelihood. This is their job. They want it to be as great as we want it to be. And that's where they're trying to get it. And no, we're not all going to agree on how to get there, but hopefully we can kind of find that medium ground. And And I think that's, as a community manager, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to be that gamer that you relate to that also has the ability to go to these people and say, this is what our community wants. This is what they're pushing for. Uh, if that's possible uh, within the restraints of patches or finances, whatever it be, then that's great. If not, then, you know, then, uh, I, I don't want to get into just telling people, look, we can't do that because the community is never going to be happy when you tell them, no, I'm sorry. That's not possible. They're going to be pissed off. But, um, but just community management interests me. It's that connection between the gaming and the development side of it. Um, I have absolutely no um, experience within coding, within any kind of game development, um, <laughs> but I am really passionate about the communities that we're cultivating within a game. I, I never had that experience, um, like Silas was saying. I, I've never had a game where I could talk one-on-one -on -one with a community manager or developer. I've never had that. Games that I was extremely passionate about and competitive at, NHL, that I played competitively for 10 years. I only talked to the producer of NHL last year when I saw him at the All-Star Weekend in Nashville, which I guess was two years ago. But besides that, we never had an avenue to be able to talk to them and get answers 
relatively quickly on Twitter, on social media, on Twitch. Um, so this is, it's a new thing, especially community management. It's kind of a new thing that's just kind of came up within the last, I would say, probably two years. And I think a lot of developers are seeing the benefits of having those people because games that I used to play that didn't have them, I'm starting to notice NHL has community managers now. NHL mm -hmm. has streams of their community managers where it wasn't going on before. And that's, you know, like you were saying, that's the influence that we as gamers have made. We're streamers now. We're content creators. And before, it was them telling us what to do or them giving us, like, Mario Brothers. This is the end of the game. There is no more content. This is the end game. Sorry, bastards. Wait <laughs> four more years till we give you another game. But now we're like, yep. gamers are like, we want more. We want to see this done. We want to see that. And developers change based on us now. So it's kind of been switched, but, you know. It's a necessary I, I like position. How yeah, absolutely. Anymore. And they're still outlining how it needs to work, and, and I think that's mm -hmm. evident more than ever. Um, after being in the division community as long as we have Wii's, and then branching out into other communities that don't have... Well, it's you can see where they're lacking, and it seems the community manager role isn't handled the same way from company to company, so you, you kind of get mm -hmm. a, a mixed bag. Um, and where personal outreach and that personal touch, the boutique feel of <laughs> of uh, shopping has come to gaming because we want that point of contact where I can, it's 11 o'clock at night and I just found this game ending glitch, but I got the, the community manager's DM. People would rather reach out to you with a quick DM than go through the rigmarole of a forum bot or a DM mm -hmm. or an automated email. It's impersonal, and I think uh, that's kind of reflected now in, in the time we live in with, uh, with all of the personal touch coming to the things that we already know, like what millennials are doing with breweries and bars and, and, and old places and fixing them up on the bad side of town and just you know making it a big, beautiful place to, to go. You kind of see that in this community as well. Your community manager is really in charge of making that, that happen, and uh, they're defining that role. Um, for a new class of gamer that are growing up demanding more from the game developer. It's not good enough to send you an email uh, anymore Absolutely. or a form DM. Or it'd be like me writing you something and, and sending it via post. Like nobody, did I just say post? That's even older it, well, than my time via and, mail. And it even, <laughs> it even goes past those things, Sage. Like, I, you know, I was lucky enough to go to ETF. When did that stuff happen in games before where a developer would invite a nobody within the community, just someone that likes to help out? Come, we're going to fly you here. We're going to pay for your hotel. We're going to pay for your food. And we want to sit down and we want to talk to you over a four-day period about our game. And we want to get your insight. We want to show you what we're working on. And we want to we know what you want. If you want to speak for the community, that's fine. But... We want to get the sense of what you want our game to be. I never had a game like that. Like gaming, besides just playing the game, us just sitting here with our controller, our keyboard and mouse, has gone much further than just that now. It's that community. It's, it's that interaction. It's helping them make games in a sense. It's, it's, it's really cool. Opening up the available information to them too because there's – I know I'm I'm guilty as being one of the people that if it's really difficult for me to send you the message, like either about this glitch or 
you know, or, or just something game related. And I feel that it's important enough to warrant my time because I'm not getting paid for this. You know, I, I kind of feel like I'm a field researcher, but I, I'm not on the payroll. Um, sometimes it's daunting to think, oh, now I've got to go. I've got to find the website to the official forums. I have to figure out which official forum is going to be best, which avenue is going to see this taken care of. And then by the time you get all signed up, if you're not signed up for the website and you confirm your email address and you go through this whole thing, you've, it's, a, it's process. a process. You really don't want to do it. If you can reach out on social media with a quick blip and now on people's phones, you can attach your, you've got the Xbox app. You know, you can take your captured video from your Xbox app and you can, you can tweet it or D direct message in, on Twitter or Facebook, your social profile of preference directly to them. They can take a look and maybe never respond, but more than likely anymore, they do. What uh, I will say this, what is really fun now, this is going to be hilarious. What is really fun now is that I can play a game. I can talk to a community manager that helps with the development team that makes that game. I can talk to him while he's streaming on Twitch, streaming a video game. I can fly to North Carolina, hang out with those people, help them fix the game, and when my friends and family ask me what I'm doing, they have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. When I tell them what Twitch is, they're like, what in the <laughs> hell are people watch you play video games? I'm like, yeah, I went, yeah. I went and flew and helped them make like help them work on the game and they're like what in the hell are you talking about like mm -hmm. none of this shit makes sense to so many people but it's fun <laughs> when you explain to them like that's only because you're not in the scope of video games and you don't know that scope how enormous video games is how it's still evolving still growing all of these things that we're talking about there's still more to come it's bigger than mu music and movies combined it's it's this ginormous thing, but if you're not in that bubble, it seems crazy it seems to you. Weird. But we're so ingrained in it. I'm, you know, we're yeah. so into it. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think it can feel. It can feel. Speaking of a bubble, I think that's a great way of describing it. The community manager role as a whole is still kind of this bubble of expectations. We have a clear idea of what that role means to us as gamers, but it seems that companies from different publishers or different developers have a different idea of what community manager is and what that role is. But like we were saying, you're kind of seeing the centralization of what is required. Social media outreach seems to be um, a method and not just on one social media outlet. Um, you've got to be on all of them from, from Reddit to Facebook and Foursquare and Twitter and what else can they come up with? Instagram even has a, you know, a division way that you can reach out to them in, in DM. Mm -hmm. uh, so th this is kind of my next question, though. But when is too much, way too much? <laughs> so now you're a community manager that has to have a profile and basically now a phone for every single app, for yeah. every single social media outlet. And when everybody requires an answer right away. I see a guy as amazing as Matt Shacha answering Twitter at seven in the morning and still doing it at almost midnight that night where that guy never stopped giving to our division community. And I'm sure he's doing it for the Rainbow Six Siege community as well. That is borderline too much. That dude is a robot. He is a machine when it comes to giving back to the community as far as a community manager. If there was one person that I was going to put as the blueprint that that's how I want to be, it's that guy. He yeah. was freaking relentless when it came to taking the shit 
Because Sage, you were there. You saw it as well. This guy would get more shit than anybody and still just kept at it, giving to the community. Like, I, I've been around a lot of them, and they're all like that, but that guy took it to another level. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine it being a 24-hour, uh, you know, a 24-hour job, but, you know, that's kind of what he solidified. I, I would love to do it, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do, hopefully. But, man, he, he has set the bar extremely high if that's the expe uh, you know, expectations of a community manager. I could see that wow. I could see this getting out of hand, you know, because all of it's going to be attached to your phone in some way, shape or form or work mm -hmm. computer. Right. Um, but are we expecting too much? I guess is kind of my question. Now yeah. that we have all of these direct lines of communication with anybody across the whole world <laughs> and right. even outer space. Hey, we can talk to the astronauts immediately as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there's there's no hmm. reason for somebody basically not to answer. Right. But I, yeah, I think this dangerous. is where our definition is gamers of the community manager role. Maybe that that name needs to be changed to better reflect it, what it is, because it comes with really high standards. Mm -hmm. And I don't I think as gamers, we're also disconnected with how hard that job must be for them. Yeah. And uh, Silas, I mean, do you have a thought? What do you think? Do you, do you think that we underestimate how difficult the job is and what they have to do? Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's part of what I was uh, getting at a little bit. Uh, I think you guys, uh, all the points you hit on, I fu fully agree um, with everything you guys were hitting on. And, and um, you know, at, at what point is it, is it way too much? And that's one of the things where uh, as far as, you know, whoever they're working for, whichever, you know, uh, development team, publisher, whatever the case may be, that's a job that maybe needs, you know, a good sizable team to help manage, you know, that whole thing. You know, you have your head, but you need other people so that way when you know someone reaches out at 2 a.m or whatever it's not just one poor soul handling everything yeah teams of community managers would be nice i i can't help but think of of ubisoft situation right now though uh you know with a potential hostile yeah. hangover and people losing their jobs um they're really pushing to me the the connectivity piece more than ever again like the fact that they're they're looking at new avenues at least avenues i've never seen to try and connect with people and um, and promote their brand almost in a real retail kind of way, right? Because you expect to walk into a place like Target and somebody says, can I help you find something? Right. You know, so they're kind of trying to do that here. I just, I, I feel bad. There's so much ambiguity around that, around that position as far as, and there's no outline, you know, there's not a quick link where we can go as gamers and, you know, we see the community manager um, on Twitter and, we go and click on a link and it outrolls exactly what their expectations are from, from the company and what we can expect from them as gamers. It doesn't work that it's way. It's a either. thousand page flight manual. <laughs> you probably wouldn't <laughs> want to read it if you could. Um, so I guess it, to, to kind of wrap it up, I, I guess what is the appeal then? And, and being a, a community manager, uh, what is that? What is that thing that they need to be really good at to be successful in our in our opinion? Well, for me, um, looking at potentially getting into it, for me, it's more of obviously extremely thick-skinned. You better be ready to handle a lot of heat coming at you. Which <laughs> you know, when you're represent when you're representing someone. 
uh, it's a little different story. Uh, that, that's been a situation, you know, not to get into a big spill of that, but that's been a, bi a big situation in the past with people attacking, uh, attacking community managers of the division. Me not being a community manager and not being, you know, any official way with them, it was kind of, to me, it was like they were attacking a defenseless person. You're you're throwing a lot of uh, a lot of salt at someone that can't defend themselves the same way they could if they weren't representing the division or uh, or Ubisoft. So uh, it's kind of unfair to me, and I I've gotten into tussles with people about them calling people names and attacking them personally um, when they know that they can't defend for themselves. something that's out of their control. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, that that's not that's not cool. But when you're when you no. are representing uh, that that company, that's that's kind of a you know that's just kind of part of the deal. You have to take that, you have to be professional, and you have to you know put that aside and say, look, you know, just not even pay attention to that side and try to cultivate as much positivity as you, out of your community as you can. Whether it's getting them to interact, getting them to go the right ways, whether it's the forums or Reddit, uh, to post their concerns constructively and kind of putting out those fires, putting out those flames of people that are coming in there to kind of derail your stream or derail your, you know, whatever you're doing, state of the game and the divisions uh, sense, things like that. Um, but yeah, community manager to me is just an all-around person that promotes or represents that game, whatever game they're working on positively. And, uh, you know, always, always make sure that you're letting the gamers know that, you, you know, you're one of them. You love the game just like they do. I'm, if I was on a game, I couldn't. I couldn't. I don't think I could do a game that I wasn't passionate about, uh, especially like the division. I love the division. Um, all of us like it or hate it for different reasons. I happen to love it, uh, even with all of its flaws. Um, so if I was doing that, you know, uh, I would kind of try to project that onto the people that I'm dealing with uh, that might not like it so much. Like you know. I'm sure you've yeah. put a thousand hours in, so you found something you like in the game. Let's concentrate on that. Let's get something positive from that. So, and a little expectation kind of from idea. gamers in yeah, there yeah. as well on on our conduct yeah. with community managers. Silas, yeah, what do you I, think? Um, no, I uh, I I fully agree with that. But um, in addition, um, like you were talking, you know, being thick skinned but also just an extreme amount of patience. If you're not a person that has some really good uh, control and, and a lot of patience, that probably isn't the position for you. Um, and also, like like you were talking, Weeza, being passionate about the game is probably also something that that really helps you. you def if you're going to be a community manager for a particular company, you definitely want to you know like what they're putting out. If you if you don't, then you're probably not going to do your job that well. So um, yeah, 100% fully agree with. With all of that, along with my minor little addition, <laughs> <laughs> their, their job is hard, and and uh, I don't I don't envy their position right now during this explorative time of figuring out what what their position exactly is between them and the community and community manager. That title alone comes with uh, so much weight. I I feel for them. Uh, hashtag, hug your community manager. Because they <laughs> give them an air hug because they need it. Like they, if you're a streamer and you and uh, you've had a bad stream, it could be the best stream in the whole world. But right there at the end of that five last five minutes, you've got the troll come in and either outright say something bad or they are just harassing you. 
Um, you know that feeling when you, you know that you didn't do anything wrong, but when you get done with the stream, the rest of your night is ruined because of that one person. A community manager has got that one person plus everyone else that plays the game all the all time. The time. Mm-hmm. And um, it can be thankless. So, you know, give a shout out to your community manager. <laughs> they, they got it rough. We would like to thank everyone who took the time to listen to our podcast. If you'd like to hear more, you can follow us on Twitter at Silas and Sage for upcoming releases, as well as links to our previous shows on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. This has been My Life in Games with Silas and Sage, and we'll see you in two weeks.